Hello, listeners. Welcome to this episode of the Archives and Things podcast. I'm your host, Melissa J. Nelson. In today's episode, I will be speaking with Stanley H. Griffin about his work as a senior lecturer in archival and information studies in the Department of Library and Information Studies at the University of West Indies, Mona Campus, Jamaica. I first connected with Stanley after his keynote, Where Records Dance, Sing, and Talk, Exploring Caribbean Record Forms and Archival Studies for the Archival Education and Research Initiative in July 2021. Stanley H. Griffin holds a Bachelor of Arts Honors in History and a PhD in Cultural Studies with high commendation from the Cave Hill campus of the University of the West Indies, Barbados, and a Master of Science in Archives and Records Management from the University of Dundee, Scotland. Stanley is a senior lecturer in Archival and Information Studies and coordinates the graduate program in Archives and Records Management and the Department of Library and Information Studies at the University of West Indies Mona campus. Since August 2021, Stanley also serves as Deputy Dean for Undergraduate Studies and the Faculty of Humanities and Education. Stanley thinks and writes mostly about Caribbean archives and records, culture, history, and heritage, and enjoys a good cup of tea. Hi, Stanley. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Thanks for this opportunity, and I look forward to our conversation. Me as well. So to start off, uh, I want to know if you can explain what the record landscape looks like in the Caribbean context. Right. So in the Caribbean, when we think of records and when we think of archives, we're thinking about governance, government institutions. So records and archives have been tied to administration generally in the region. And so most and I'm speaking specifically about the Commonwealth Caribbean or the English-speaking Caribbean, but arguably the same could be said of the other Caribbeans in the region, those that have a, 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 a different colonial legacy, the French um, the Caribbean, the Spanish Caribbean, and the Dutch Caribbean, and so on and so forth, even the American Caribbean in the USVI. So when we think of archives, when we think of records, we think of administration. Um, the, the, so in each Caribbean territory, there is at least one archives, and usually that one archives reports is part of the government administration, either reporting to the Chief Justice or the Registrar General or the um, Cabinet Secretary, as it were. But archives is generally administrative versus libraries, which tend to be a bigger concept, a more popular concept having a greater um, outreach community feel given the nature of librarian work or library work. So records and archives in the Caribbean is not necessarily a big field. It's a very small community. And within the archival professional community, um, the Caribbean branch of the International Council on Archives, most of our membership are indeed the National Archivist or the Director of the National Archives. Since the 1990s, with the move towards transparency in government and the establishment of records management as a, a feature of um, treaties and agreements and, and, and known arrangements, you'll find that 
the private sector or, or institutions or companies that have a multinational um, relationship with other territories have um, established records management procedures in place or protocols in place. Um, but generally, records and archives in the Caribbean are about administration mm. and are tied to the structure of government as opposed to other jurisdictions where there are community archives or church archives or school archives or you know private sector companies having those kinds of um, facilities and programs. So there is that overt official archives and records government. Over the last few years, however, with the push towards appreciating heritage, remember that more of our societies are getting older, from the older English-speaking Caribbean territories this year, celebrating their 60th anniversary, yes, of independence, both Trinidad and Tobago and Jamaica. And so in those two particular territories, as well as in the other younger national Caribbean territories, there is this great appreciation for memory, mm -hmm. um, for hedge, um, for understanding and trying to preserve elements, tangible elements of our past. And so you're finding through social media, through community effort, through persons with a particular interest or enthusiasm, they're doing archives. So you're finding uh, persons, you know, creating uh, or collecting materials about their community or about a particular subject. So professor here at the University of the West Indies, whose research has, you know, allowed her to garner and gather collate a number of materials on, on, on reggae music, established a, an initiative referred to as the, the Reggae Archives. So, and that is happening more and more around the region, especially Jamaica and Trinidad and Tobago. So there is another dynamic to records and archives coming in within, coming into the landscape that officially is on a, you know, it's, never, it's not planned, it's organic, it's spontaneous, it's, um, interest driven yeah. and so the challenge is then how do we capture that interest and I don't want to use the term professionalize but inform these enthusiasts about really caring for and making available their valid materials of um, you know of enduring value so that's where the landscape is right now we are at a very exciting crossroad where we are trying to ensure that our institutions and government and the private sector now given data protection and so on and so forth, allow for a real um, up to standard understanding of records and, and, and appreciation for archives and the managing of those um, materials and, and, and facilities. At the same time, we can support all these activists and enthusiasts who are capturing and documenting and making available specific materials that are, you know, according to their community, according to their area of interest. But, but these materials have a greater um, value to the region and to the society. So we're literally at the crossroads between government and community. Okay, I see. And I'm just curious because my parents are Jamaican, so I know that oral history was really important to the culture. So I'm curious, does um, our oral histories archived as well in the Caribbean? Absolutely. There are several projects on um, 
There's projects around the region. Jamaica has an oral history. The Memory Bank at the Institute of Jamaica, the University of the West Indies, their Department of History and Archaeology has a social history project that has been going on for a very long time. It's, it's, it's you know, and again, I think culturally and Tobago having um, several projects. I know the Barbados National Cultural Foundation, and I'm hope yeah, hopefully I'm correct. The National Cultural Foundation was the space for this oral history project that, you know, was very active, at least up until the early 2000s. So there is a full understanding of the value of oral history, the value of storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, a number of training institutions do have programs on storytelling, do have programs on conducting oral history and so forth. I think the greater challenge, however, is yes, amassing all these recordings is one thing, the actual infrastructure to manage care and protect and then make available in the future is another. And so the institutions that do have these programs in place, if there is a weakness to identify, it is that quite frankly, that, that archival um, care that would take place thereafter. Mm, I see. And with the record landscape in mind, what can be considered Caribbean archival studies? It's an interesting concept. So. So Caribbean archival, Caribbean archival studies, to my Caribbean archive is not necessarily restricted to paper or a one-dimensional format. I think it is a recognition that Caribbean memory is expressed in a wide variety of ways. And that wide variety of ways is indicative of the particular histories that each part of each territory would have experienced. Um, and the persons, the peoples who came, who, who arrived in, in those territories. So for example, Caribbean, so for example, um, I have a student who's working on um, birth rituals for the East Indian communities that shape how they welcome children and you know place children within their, their familial social structures, right? But outside of that community, no one knows about this, this birth structure. In, so each society, each community, each cultural grouping has its own way of documenting. Each cultural grouping has its own way of remembering. Each country has its own way of passing down details. Mm -hmm. And Caribbean studies is a recognition and a, and, and, and a validation of these various particular ways of doing. So ref with reference to that birth, birth, birth ritual or birth ceremony of the East Indian community in Trinidad and Tobago, if a child is a member of that community but didn't have a ceremony, even though they may have an official birth certificate, there is a miss placement, there's a, a miscommunication, there's a, a, a missing aspect to the initiation into, the, into that community that happens because of that ritual not taking place, according to my students' work, which basically aligns itself with this idea of 
the official records. If you were born, we've had several instances, at least here in Jamaica, where persons who for various reasons never got the chance to get a birth certificate, and so they're stuck. They can't do anything. They can't contribute any way to the society because officially on paper, you don't exist. And in some, and in a lot of cities, there is a cultural reality as well. I have another student to talk about, you know, at the time of their parent generation's birth, a tree was planted for each child. And so at the family plot or the, the area where the family is from, there is a particular environmental marker of each of each member of the family. In the same way, in some Caribbean communities, Jamaican in particular, persons return to that family environment and that family plot to be buried. Again, if we think in record terms, that's a tree is a birth certificate and a grave is a death certificate, right? That marker, records it um, tangibly can also happen in other ways. And so Caribbean Archival Studies is a deliberate attempt to recognize that record keeping goes beyond the legacies or the, 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 the retentions our society has you know, maintained from colonialism. And I say that because each Caribbean territory had a unique colonialism experience. And so you'd find the dynamics of record keeping shaping, mirroring a reflection of that colonial experience. Same time, all these other peoples came, and in their coming, they did memory. They remember. They brought things with them. They, they you know, what Rex Littleford uh, 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 suggests uh, cultural equipage. You know, they brought things with them, and these in these things that came with them are their ways of remembering, their ways of documenting, their ways of passing down. Now, the beauty about Caribbean archival studies, I would imagine, is this connection between this cultural dynamism, if that's the word, and the colonial form of record keeping. Mm -hmm. And so I've had students, based on their class assignments, they've been able to match the two. They've been able to verify or, you know, or question an oral history or a recorded documented paper fact. You know? And so, Caribbean archival studies is not is not about denigrating one um, form of memory keeping over the other. It's a recognition of all forms of of ways of doing memory, ways of then we festival example. And if you think of our festivals, our festivals are really ways of passing down information. Our festivals are actually an archives. It's an access point to to, to details of the past. And so I think Caribbean Archival Studies is a very dynamic way of reflecting on the ways we do our living or communications or memory and giving due recognition that these aspects to the memory, these, these details are as valid as the few things that are in paper, in a box, in a shelf, in an archives somewhere. Mm, that's very interesting. And how do you approach teaching Caribbean archival studies? How would you describe your pedagogy? So we start off with an, uh, with a, a review of our history, um, things about colonialism, migration, and so forth. But we also spend a lot of time thinking about culture and culture's framework, a record-keeping framework or a record-keeping system. 
in which the various elements, the stories, the details, the dance, the clothes, the food, the things that we do are forms of documentation, forms of keeping particular details um, in, in, in practice. So we start off looking at the realities of our region. We look at our past, and then we look at the traditions, the archival canons. So because this, this school is um, focused on the Commonwealth Caribbean, the English-speaking Caribbean, we talk about Jenkinson, and we talk about Schellingberg and the realities, because quite frankly, those fellows were actually here in the region. They came to set up what we have as national archives in several territories. Oh. So it's not um, a theoretician. Schellenberg was here. Jenkinson was here. And a lot of our national archives, in fact, a lot of the personalities that we claim as our first regional Caribbean archivists had contact, were trained by these gentlemen. So it's not a disconnect. It's not a theoretical disconnect. So those canons, we look at those traditions and then we look at the realities of the way in which we do business, the way in which we create records, and the other uh, voices that are not represented in that Eurocentric model of archives, that Eurocentric ways of documenting. And so, you know, in the first year of our program, we spend a lot of time looking at all that I mentioned here, our history, our culture, or archival canons or archival traditions coming out of our European experience. And then we move into the expected, you know, arrangement and description, you know, ways of doing description, ways of recognizing and ways of giving validity to, to the marginalized voices via descriptions and so forth, participatory um, uh, archiving and so forth. And then we just keep doing and, and We think strongly about the ways archival work um, happens in the Caribbean. So such as preservation, why is it that the best practices, you know, sent out by global northern institutions just can't work for us? Simply because we're a tropical region, we have hurricanes, we have, we have pests, we have, you know, termites. And so thinking about establishing standards for ourselves that work without, you know, being schizophrenic about trying to apply and maintain global um, northern um, best practices. So those are some of the ways in which we, we, we really, it's a real pragmatic program while it's a very, I would want to get academic in the sense that we spend a lot of time thinking and hoping to apply our own um, best ideals to our own reality, which quite frankly is a tradition of the University of the West Indies. We were established to question ourselves, for ourselves, by ourselves, for the benefit of ourselves. And archival studies is one of the last disciplines to have undergone this kind of interrogation. And so that's at the undergraduate level, how we think about things. It's happening at the master's level in the coordinate. But also we now have MPhil PhD students who are doing that as a full academic um, full academic investigation. So we have persons thinking about um, or music or cultural expressions as records. We have another looking at social media, the ways in which we do, we communicate and we share and we document via social media as, 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 as memory and so forth. So the entire program 
it's not rigidly archival studies, hence the information studies, um, which is another forte of our department, but it, we want to ground our program in such a way that it really reflects the Caribbean. It, gives, it helps hopefully to establish that we have our own best practices and the best practices coming out of the global north as ideal as they may be, quite frankly, we don't need to be schizophrenic about it. We can, you know, meet our own best realities. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, what are your thoughts on decolonizing Caribbean archives? Yeah, so decolonizing Caribbean archives is really um, underpinning what I would argue is the, the forte of Caribbean archival studies. Decolonizing Caribbean archives really is a recognition that the colonial form of doing archives is not the only way of recording, documenting, preserving, and making available memory. And so to decolonize Caribbean archives is to not just theoretically validate the other ways of doing, but to practically include these non-paper forms mm -hmm. of doing that. These non-textual ways of creating records. Mm -hmm. there, I think the starting point is recognizing that our societies are no longer paper-driven, paper-based. And if we don't change and recognize the way our post-independent Caribbean people are creating and validating and sharing and preserving and maintaining and making available their ways of doing records. Institutionally, professionally, we are locking ourselves away to the 19th, 18th century, mm -hmm. and we're not being relevant to our current realities. That includes not just the hegemony of, you know, the persons of a particular ethnicity, but the various sub of, you know, those groups that are not officially recognized that are still very much a part of our society. Lots of people, deals, and each grouping doing their memory. That particular grouping memory needs to be validated and respected and should be given equal um, place in documenting and within the halls of, of, of the archives, within, within the memory um, um, repository. And so I think decolonizing the archives is really uh, an, an underpinning foundation to this concept of archival studies. When I did that presentation for um, ARI, the Archival mm -hmm. Education Research um, a number of my colleagues were, how do I say this? A number of my colleagues were like, you know, we didn't think of what we enjoy as records. Mm. You know, and so, you know, again, my background, because of its um, strong focus on culture and cultural studies, I have done academic research using solely cultural performances. And you could map, you could, you know, draw chronological connections um, 
in a society based on the performances of the time. Without having to step into any archives and sit down, sit down in a reading room and pull out a box. I just spent time listening and enjoying music. But within all those lyrics, within all those rhythms, are uh, you know, <laughs> are specific content, structure, and context, i.e., the definitions of what a record is, right? And so I think we ought to give validity to the ways in which we do just that and not expect or rely on a one-dimensional paper format-based um, style of doing archives, records, and memory. That's really interesting. Well, it's been very interesting speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time. I'm going to end the conversation there. And with that, I will say thank you for listening and join me next time on Archives and Things. Thank you.